From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have some emails from listeners and we have some news coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, September 1st. Do you hear the disappointment in my voice? Knowing that time keeps us marching on toward winter. Ah. Anyway, let's get into some of those letters from listeners. The first letter is from Skylar. Skylar, thank you very much for writing in. Skylar's a frequent writer in her. Anyway, Skylar says, give me some feedback from today's episode. By the way, I also saw Michael Saylor might be in some tax fraud hot water. Yeah, we're going to have to see how that plays out. Trust me, we'll be reporting on that. Anyway, the first thing that Skylar says is the Aussie woman should be able to keep that money. The company, Crypto.com, should have flagged any large refund over $10,000. Remember yesterday we were talking about some woman was sent $10.5 million by accident from Crypto.com. And Crypto.com didn't find out about it until seven months later. And within that time, well, that woman and her sister were spending that money. And I'm asking, what do you think should happen? Skylar thinks that she should be able to keep that money. Number two, which I think is a very good point, by the way. Crypto not likely to bottom out at the $1,100 range for F because of the upcoming merge combined with the $10,000 student loan forgiveness. Remember in the United States here, uh, student loans were forgiven for $10,000. And if you're a Pell Grant recipient, $20,000. Also, your monthly payment is going to be capped at 5% of your income. Right now, it's around 10%. So that is a very good point that there's going to be more money floating around the system and that liquidity could come into markets crypto markets, stock markets, and so on and so forth. We saw with stimulus checks, and there was a lot of liquidity pumped in, people did put money into crypto and other markets, GameStop and Tesla and so on and so forth. So maybe, maybe, Skylar continued to say, I was fortunate enough to pay off $10,000 since COVID started, but was able to get that money refunded back with just one phone call to my loan company. So I figure others will have gotten the same extra spending money that I might end up with and put it into crypto. Very good point. And number three, Skylar says, QR code menus are the best for the reasons you stated. I don't feel sympathy for those who still don't know how to scan a QR code at this point. And again, I like QR codes. I used one yesterday when I went for lunch. However, if I go to a fancy dinner, I want a menu. I want a nice, hefty, you know, solid, nice menu because it's just the whole experience. You know, you have the wine glasses on the table, your silverware there, your, your plates, your, your tablecloth. It's just like part of the experience. I don't want somebody to hand me an iPad or somebody say, hey, here, here's this QR code while you're sitting this fancy dinner. Use your phone. Like, that would piss me off. Thank you, Skylar, for writing in. The next email comes from Francis Tapon. Or Tapon. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I really am sorry. Uh, but it says, hey, Matthew, first, thanks for having me on the show last year when I critiqued the stock-to-flow model. Hey, thanks for continuing to listen to the show. I appreciate that. And it looks as though your critique was pretty spot on because the stock-to-flow model didn't hold up well. Now, did it? Anyway, Second, in a recent episode, you seem to complain 
and they say complain. I did not complain. I never complain. I make observations and I ask people to write in, but don't say I complain. Anyway, seems that you complain about the way DAOs vote. The more coins you have, the more power you have. You seem to suggest that each individual should have a vote, regardless of how many coins they own in the protocol. Again, that is not what I said, but I thank you for bringing up this question. Uh, that is exactly not what I said. Since you're running for Congress, let's use a congressional example. The House is based on population. The more coins you have, the more voting power you have. I have problems with this whole email. Sorry. Francis, you want to come on here and argue about this? We can. I would love to have you on. Email me if you want to come on, but this is not correct. First of all, the House is based on population. The bigger states with more population do get more electoral votes and more people in Congress. However, Ohio, even though our population is growing, it's not growing fast like other states, like, for example, Florida or Texas. And therefore, we're actually losing Congress people. So that is kind of not correct. It's not the more coins you have. There's a different system in play there. The Senate is based on state. You get two senators regardless of your population, which is like saying you have a vote on the Dow whether you have one F or a hundred F. Again, people have problems with the way the Senate is made up. I mean, look at Wyoming. You have one congressperson, one person in the House of Representatives, and two senators. Same thing with Alaska. Kind of doesn't make sense, but, you know, with that, it is what it is. Meanwhile, the Electoral College is a strained version of democracy. I disagree, but also agree with that one. Since most crypto bros are capitalists, they believe in the corporate model of governance. If we went with your system, Mark Zuckerberg would have one vote in Meta, and so would I. But just like Warren Buffett has a disproportionate power because he has a large stake, the same goes for Zuck. Hope this helps and makes sense. It doesn't help and it doesn't make sense. So, Francis, if you want to come on and talk about it, I'm very happy to. But here's what I actually said. First, if you have a lot of coins, you're able to weigh a DAO into your favor. And there's a lot of whales out there. And the whales are created by multiple things. Either they knew that the project was coming and they aped in there first, or they have owner stakes, which means 30% of the coins are already just put off the top and then now given out to the founders, the creators, the developers, and now they have their coins and it disproportionately outweighs everybody else. So why have a DAO, right? Second, it shouldn't be just if I have a billion coins and you have a hundred thousand coins, then the billion coins should just be able to dominate any voting system. Um, if you're going to have a, I, I guess, a voting system that crowdsources ideas and votes to direct the company or the DAO or the crypto or the project, you should have a weighted vote. And that's what I said is, look, not everybody. If you have one coin and you go out into Coinbase and buy one coin or something and stake it or Binance and stake it, you shouldn't have the same amount as somebody has a bigger stake in it. That's true. However, there should be a weighted cap. I've seen and talked to DAO projects that have put caps on the amount of voting power that you get depending on how many coins you have. And so I can say this. And also a starting block of, hey, you have to stake up to 20,000 or 100,000 or whatever the number is, these coins to start having that voting power. And then it's weighted up to a certain, certain amount so that you cannot disproportionately tip the scales. That's what I said. And so I think that DAOs and voting system on the DAOs uh, could be a little bit more thought out about how they actually want their governance to work. That's if they want their governance to work. And the reason why you want governance to work is because you want to make people and incentivize people to get into and involved with the project. If you feel your vote doesn't matter, you're not going to participate. If you see somebody that's just tipping the scales all the time, why even participate? But what you want to do is incentivize people to go into these DAOs and these uh, communities because you want to make sure that you're crowdsourcing ideas, crowdsourcing participation, exciting your base, and making sure that your project is a thriving community with the best ideas in there. 
And I see and I think if I have more coins, then I just can dominate the vote or me and my buddy or me and my, you know, collusion of people can just dominate the vote. Then you don't have that system. That's what I said. Francis, if you want to debate me on that, please come on the show. Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. You know my email address because that's how you sent me this email. And the final email that came in was this. Yes, it's a question, which actually is a very good question. Regarding proof of work decentralization, what about mining pools? I mine F and I'm always connected to a pool server. Normally, the top three to five pools control like two thirds of the hash rate. How is this different from proof of stake centralized staking pools? That's a great question. If you guys want to answer that question, please email me, Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. This email continues to say, by the way, it's good to have interviews back. We need more opinions, and I think we're used to yours. So basically, I'm talking too much, and you guys already know my opinion about everything. So I need to have interviews back. And I agree with you. I, I promise that after this election season's done, and there's only 68 more days until election day, we will start working on interviews, getting people on here, because I do want to start talking to more people and debating about different things in the crypto space. And I have other ideas for other shows and other projects in the crypto space. So I am looking forward to that. But I know you're looking forward to those crypto prices. And I'm recording this at 10.08 a.m. Eastern, Daylight Savings Time. A little bit later start today because I had some running around to do this morning, which you don't care about. Let's get into those crypto prices. Bitcoin is in at $19,975, down 1.3% in 24. Ethereum is at $1,558, down 2%. Tether is number three, USDC is number four, and Binance is at 276 down 3.5%. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. The whole market is down 1.9% at $976.6 billion. The BTC dominance is at 39.1% and the F dominance is at 19.6%. Moving into today's headlines. OpenSea said that they're exclusively supporting proof-of-stake NFTs on Ethereum, tweeting on Wednesday that they're committed to solely supporting NFTs on the upgraded proof-of-stake chain. They continue to say that any Ethereum forks will not be supported on OpenSea, and this is to provide the smoothest transition possible following the merge. By the way, did you guys know that OpenSea opened it up in 2017 and now supports 80 million NFTs and around $31 billion in total volume since 2017? Yikes. California, they're passing some laws lately, aren't they? California is one of the first states to require cryptocurrency-related businesses to obtain a special license to operate in the state. The California Assembly member, Timothy Grayson, introduced the bill AB 2269 with support from the Consumer Federation of California, which will establish the Digital Financial Assets Law. The California Senate approved the bill on Monday, with the Assembly voting to approve it the following day. The bill now goes to Governor Gavin Newsom. The aim of this bill is to protect Californians from financial hardship and foster responsible innovation by licensing and regulating the activities of the cryptocurrency exchanges. And also, the bill will require licenses to act in the best interest of consumers or customers when it recommends a cryptocurrency. Timothy Grayson said, While the newness of cryptocurrency is part of what makes investing exciting, it also makes it riskier for consumers because cryptocurrency businesses are not adequately regulated and do not have to follow many of the same rules that apply to everyone else. The executive director of the Consumer Federation of California said, Fortune favors the balanced and the wise, not just the so-called brave. 
shots fired. Have you guys watched the Netflix biopic of John McAfee? I'm halfway through it. It's kind of, it's just an interesting watch. It is a very interesting watch. Um, but anyway, there's rumors because of this that John McAfee faked his death and he's alive in California. Well, his widow, Janice McAfee, wants to put those rumors to death. No pun intended. Sorry, that was bad. Um, anyway, Janice McAfee says that she does not believe them. They don't believe the rumors that McAfee faked his death. She said, in quote, based off the information that I have and that I've received regarding his death, I do not believe that he is alive. So did you watch the Netflix biopic of John McAfee? And if you did, let me know what you thought of it. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Kyle Rose. He was the counsel that brought cases against companies like Tether, Bitfinex, Tron, HDR Global, which operates as BitMEX, and Binance. And he pulls out of class action lawsuits against them. The move comes after a self-proclaimed whistleblower website, CryptoLeaks, published videos showing Rose discussing his close relationship with Ava Labs, the company that's behind Avalanche blockchain. The website alleged that Rose was paid to damage Avalanche competitors like Solana. That's interesting. Kyle Rose wrote on Medium on Monday that the videos were illegally obtained and highly edited that do not present with accurate context and were part of a deliberate scheme to intoxicate and then exploit me using leading questions. Roche launched his law firm, Roche Friedman, three years ago with fellow alums from the firm Boyce Schiller. David Boyce is best known for representing Al Gore in Gore vs. Bush. He also represented a slew of controversial clients including DraftKings, Theranos, and Harvey Weinstein. Law firm Royce Freeman have not responded to the Crips' request for comments. Bitcoin is becoming harder to mine. The mining difficulty for Bitcoin jumped 9.3% in the last two weeks, according to data from BTC.com. Scott Norris, a co-founder of private Bitcoin miner LSJ Ops, told the Crypt that a difficulty increase is an indicator of a strong and growing network. It's actually a good thing. Sectors like gas and hydro are championing cheap energy costs and allowing for a new generation of long-term mining to emerge. Speaking of Crypto.com, they just ditched a $495 million sponsorship deal with Champions League Soccer. The five seasons would have cost the crypto exchange roughly 100 million euros per season or $99 million a year. I know you're worried about the league. Don't worry, though. They still have plenty of deals like Lay's, Heineken, MasterCard, FedEx, Sony PlayStation, just to name a few. And if you're one of those people that are worried about Crypto.com, don't worry, they've been spending money like crazy in the past year or so. Maybe they need to you know, chill out a little bit. You remember they renamed the Los Angeles Lakers Arena for $700 million, changed the name to Crypto.com Arena. They gave $100 million to Formula One for some sponsorship. And the Matt Damon commercial, remember, Fortune Favors the Brave? That cost them $100 million. Unstoppable domains, users can now send private emails with Skiff. Skiff is a privacy-focused email service designed for crypto wallets. The idea is to enable more ways for Web3 users to send end-to-end -end encrypted emails. Skiff already works with wallets on Solana and Ethereum. And finally, Ticketmaster announced today that it will adopt the Flow blockchain from Dapper Labs for minting tickets and NFTs for a select events. As a result of the partnership, Ticketmaster has built a wallet and marketplace feature into its site, and that's where hodlers will be able to view and trade their NFTs they receive as a result of the partnership. Alrighty, that was our news today. Hope everybody had a great day. Hope everybody has a great day. And remember, you can email me, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And until tomorrow with our weekend review, happy hodling.
everyone.